Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, greetings, everyone. Welcome along to the Rugby Pass podcast. Today is August 25th, and we look ahead now to the second round of the Rugby Championship. Scotty Stevenson with you on the pod this week, alongside Andrew Mulligan, uh, both fresh back from Rio de Janeiro. Mulls, have you got Zika? No, I haven't got Zika. Uh, I haven't got anything. I've got probably gout, and I've got... Yeah. Uh, pro- I'm probably a little bit of gas, let's be honest. I'm feeling bloated. We drank some serious cerveja. <laughs> Yeah, but man, we worked hard, hey. We certainly did work hard. Um, also, have you got a tan line from your sunga? Yeah, I do. I do. I've got tan lines where I am actually just doing uh, things in underwear that I shouldn't be doing. Seriously, yeah. at that? Seriously, at that? Oh, well, you should have been like me and gone for the uh, the as the Brazilians call it the tooth floss bikini. <laughs> Man, does anyone can roll a G banger? It's you. I've always said that. I've, I've got gone, that, on, I've I gone had, on record. I had the hairiest cheeks on Copacabana Beach. Someone tried to put a cable car up them, thought they were the Sugarloaf. Now, listen, <laughs> let's get into the footy. Uh, the All Blacks have won their last 18 games in a row at home against the Wallabies. The Wallabies got absolutely pumped last week. Uh, discuss. I came home this morning, uh, New Zealand time. Uh, Kissed my wife on the cheek, mm. shook my son's hands, mm. and went straight to my sky to watch the test match. Did uh, you? And yeah, I could not believe how almost robotic the dismantling of the Wallabies was. And I and I read about it, and I caught highlights uh, that weren't under any kind of uh, rushed injunction or anything sure. like that in New Zealand sure. media. Sure. Uh, and and I thought to myself, geez, they look good. And then I watched it, and I thought to myself, I just had to put a bit of a, an asterisk on that. The Wallabies got banged up to key playmakers uh, really quickly. And that was even, that just added to it because it was so disruptive. But geez, that the All Blacks were methodical. Let's just have a discussion of some of the key numbers in that game. 28 offloads to six the All Blacks made in the match. 22 clean breaks to two. 40 defenders beaten played 13. 839 metres played 307. Now, here's an interesting fact, though. Both teams pretty much made the same number of tackles. The All Blacks missing 13 and making 133. The Australians making 142 and missing and missing 40. No international side in the world wins a game of footy when they miss 40 tackles. Is defence Australia's biggest problem? 
Yeah, conditioning as well. I, I don't know where those missed tackles came, but I'm picking it came, uh, you know, late in that second half and all the way, uh, late in the first half and all the way through the second half. Defensive alignments, trusting one another when guys have gone down. Uh, systems just not being there. But also, Aussie rugby sucks in 2016. It really does. The Super Rugby teams haven't been up to it. Uh, the Brumbies got to the got to the uh, playoffs because they were the most uh, conservative of them all, and and, and they uh, they even tackled their guts out against the Highlanders, but mm. really didn't have much. Uh, and the Highlanders hung on there at the end. I just feel as though the Aussies maybe just fell away after the Rugby World Cup final. I think key guys went overseas. Uh, they don't have that depth. But 40 missed tackles. You're never going to beat the All Blacks if you miss 40 tackles, no matter how many bugs you put in their rooms. Yeah, and here's the interesting thing, Mels. The top tackler of the round was Tavita Kurandrani, who made 17 in the match and didn't miss one. That's in your midfield. Wow. And Wow. I know, right? But wow. if you look in a bit further, you look at the likes of Guinea, you look at the likes of Bernie Foley, I mean, they missed seven tackles between them. The All Blacks absolutely punished the Wallabies through that number one channel, and they will do it again this week, and I don't know how Australia stop them. Can you tell me why then, Scotty Stevenson, because you, you, you watch a lot more rugby than I do, can you tell me why they went McCalman over Scott Fardy, who I felt was uh, the secret the secret weapon in the... Uh, the, the Hooper-Pocock combination? Oh, the fart is hard. I, I, I've got no idea why they went McKelman. I, I really don't. I, unless, you know, Czech has obviously got a bone for him because, you know, Scott Farty was probably the standout forward for the Brumbies all season long. Last year, he was one of the linchpins in the Test Pack and, he's, yeah. and, and you've chosen a guy over him. I, I don't get that at all. And the problem, when you take a guy like Farty out of that combination, I think it ruins their balance. Fadi is so good at cleaning up the scraps. He's the remora fish to David Pocock's whale shark. You need yeah. the remora. You need a scrapper. And Fadi is need, all that. You, you, need, you need, yeah, he's like those fish in, in, in Thailand and Bali that will eat your feet. He's the guy yeah. who'll eat your tinea. Yeah. He'll do it. He will. He'll eat the flaking skin off your big toe. <laughs> and you, you need something like that. That's one reason not to go to Bali, by the way. If you put your foot in that cesspit of horrid fish after other people have had their tinier eaten, you get what you deserve, yeah. frankly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. all for adventure hey, tourism, but not that. Can I can I, can I also ask, then, uh, Fadi being the guy who links it all together, Yes. Then why why McCalman? Like why not somebody? No, you're asking. Was, the, you're, uh, no, you're just asking the wrong guy because I don't get it. Okay. I don't. You know, I don't yeah, get the McCalman okay, selection yeah. at all. I'm totally with you, and I thought you were being rhetorical. No, don't, sorry. No, don't, I, I don't come to me for though, answers there. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point. I, I feel as though you remember in the Lions series in 2013, and Scott Higginbotham uh, was just running over everybody for the Rebels. And I was like, oh, he's, he's fired up for the Lions. These guys are playing for the Lions. And then he went down. I think it was a shoulder injury. And I just thought, wow, that's it. They're done. Yeah. Like, they weren't they weren't done done. But Higginbotham was the best loose forward. And I felt Fardy was the secret loose forward. He wasn't necessarily po- uh, Pocock or Hooper. But he was the guy who was like, right, you're taking care of those two. Try and take care of me because you run out of guys to um, to hit, hit, hit people at the ruck. When Australian rugby is is good and when their forwards are dominant, they've got an absolute loose cannon running around in a six or a seven jersey. I think the likes of Finnegan, Poitevin, Lyons, nah, Fardy, Higginbotham. Uh, who's their guy at the moment? McCalman's not that guy. No, he's not. He's not that guy at all. Now here's another interesting oh. point, Mills. About you know, remember last week we were talking the the fact that the All Blacks will kick the ball a lot. 
Yeah. Now, yep. now they kicked 27 times in that game versus Australia's 22. And, and here's the staggering thing. They still had the ball in their own possession for 22 minutes of that game. They made 241 wow. passes. That's 100 passes more than any other team last week. And still, they kicked 27 times and held the ball for 22 minutes. The next best was, interestingly enough, Australia was 16 minutes. South Africa and Argentina combined for 25 minutes in total in the match together. 22 minutes in possession in a rugby test match is an absolutely staggering statistic. And I wouldn't have thought it would be the All Blacks who would do that. I would have thought they'd be more like the Highlanders, happy to make their tackles, happy to force Australia to make the mistakes. Instead, I think we've seen a real and genuine shift in the way they're approaching the game. Because if you strip off the numbers off the back of the All Blacks jersey, and um, barring the props, you couldn't tell me where the other the other 13 players played in the in the All Blacks lineup. They they're all within 15 kilos of one another. They're all within six inches of one another, and that's the type of rugby they play. And that's got that has to do everything to do with Nick Gill and the training staff preparing them with the skills and the fitness to be able to execute at any pace of the game. I totally agree with you. Nick Gill's the unsung hero of that pack, but but I just I do I do wonder if we're going to see a different mindset again from the All Blacks, almost as if they're going to say, well, we bluffed you in Sydney, we're going to change it up again. I think they'll spend less time with the ball on hand. They still made twenty turnovers the All Blacks in that game. A better team would have made them pay, and that's where the Wallabies are probably wondering what they have to do. You know, watching that game, Miles, I, I, I mean, like you, I watched it and I thought to myself. The Wallabies aren't exactly that horrible here. They just, every mistake they make, the All Blacks are punishing and they can't punish the All Blacks for a single mistake the All Blacks have made. You have to be able to get the ball when it's given to you or gifted to you by the All Blacks and make them pay. And who is the guy in this Wallaby side who is going to be able to set up that click play? Mm, I can't answer that question. What I about, don't know. Well, you can answer this. What about Bowden Barrett? Is that one of the most special first five performances you've seen in the last decade of All Black Rugby? He is. He has just consigned uh, Aaron Cruden to being an also-ran. Oh, in, stop in it. Of, don't go so far. The, that's, that is your Wellington prejudice coming out in you there. That's your yeah. Hurricanes prejudice. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed. Come on, give me a season. Let me have this for a season, all right? The Lima Sapawanga gang were out last year. All right, and he didn't make the World Cup, and lo and behold, uh, they eventually won it despite not having Lena Sopo on. Bowden Barrett was running angles like you try and run angles in Jonah Lama rugby, and you and you and you trying to go through guys and around guys. He was yeah. running angles. And you think to yourself, how on earth are you finding those angles in the video game? Like he was a video game in the first half. I agree with that. It was pretty to watch, and his numbers back it up. 18 carries in the match, equal with Israel Dag, most in the round. 116 meters. That's the most meters in the round. He beat the most defenders in the round, uh, and he made the most breaks in the round. I mean, that, that's just an all-round performance. He also kicked the second most behind Foley, as we covered before. But that's another problem for the Wallabies before we move on to the South African-Argentina rematch. Bernard Foley kicked 17 of the 22 times Australia kicked in the game. You cannot put that much kicking pressure on a first five in a game of rugby. It doesn't make any sense. It's too predictable. Where's the kicking game coming from the back three? Where's Guinea's kicking game gone full stop? And who else is covering him in 12 or 13? They've got no balance at all. When Giddo left the game, that was their second kicking option gone. Surely at international level, you have thought harder about that and thought harder about your bench selections when it comes to your kicking game. Yeah, the left-right combination, you know, disappeared when Gitto ruined his ankle. 
and he compounded that by trying to, to bat down an All Blacks pass as well. You know, I, I just don't know where that left-right combination is going to be. Uh, Tamil came on, and he's uh, he's not a special test player. He's a, he's a decent test player. He deserves to be there, but he's not going to he's not going to win any games. Uh, again, he hadn't played rugby since January. I mean, that's I, mean, I don't know how you're going to be a halfback and be conditioned enough, match fit enough to keep up with the All Blacks, or let alone Aaron Smith for that matter. Yeah, no, I'm with you, mate. Well, let's move on to... Well, before we move on, what are our predictions this week? Wellington's a very different venue to uh, Sydney. We know that the All Blacks have enjoyed some serious success over there, but also the scene of the Wallabies' last Bledisloe Cup victory was Westpac Stadium. Do you put any stock in the fact that they will be thinking back that far, and we're going back a long way, and gaining any confidence at all from the John Eels' last-minute penalty? No, no, no chance. I mean, you just can't rely on history to help you get through something. I think it's, I'm just looking at, at, at Wellington. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Saturday, showers clearing in the p.m. Southwesterly's dying out later. Uh, it, that means that the southerly and the rain will hang around. I mean, that's the most optimistic Wellington uh, yeah. weather forecast for late August I've ever read. Yeah, like, I also it, 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 with the southwesterlies never die out in Wellington. I mean, that that just they, no. they don't they they just stay there at blowing at thirty three knots, gusting fifty two. Yeah, no, there's there's, there's Schenker containers flying around the harbour. <laughs> that's a southwesterly in August. I've actually seen that happen. I've seen containers. <laughs> Banging against the wharf. It's terrible stuff. (laughs) Hey, there was one last thing to talk about, and we've spoken about him before on the pod. Anton Leonard-Brown gets his test debut in jersey number 12, and the world's saying, who is Anton Leonard-Brown? We spoke to Wayne Smith uh, at the All Blacks Hotel during the June series, and Anton's name came up. Get this about Anton Leonard-Brown. They GPS tracked him in a game, in a provincial game, and he ran 12.5 kilometres in the game, and his GPS said he ran 2,500 uh, metres at full pace, at 100% pace. Wayne Smith said they'd never seen anything like it in all the years of measuring GPS on players, running at top speed for 2,500 metres in a game in which he ran 12K. He is an insane so he, engine. So let me, you're telling me he ran 12K in a game? 12K in a game. Yeah. 2,500K of that was yeah. at top speed. At full so he, speed. He, he, he would arguably beat Bond and Murray over 2,000 metres. Yeah, if you put some oars on him and gave him some water, uh, there is every yeah. chance. Um, he probably wouldn't beat Bond and Murray if he had to row a boat over the grass on Westpac Stadium. <laughs> Don't think that would happen. But, you know, th- those are incredible numbers. And I-, I think he is ready to light this game up. 
Yeah, the fact is they are down in their own midfield. The fact is Bowden Barrett is playing out of his skin. Uh, this could be a night for Anton Leonard-Brown to remember. And I know the All Blacks are reticent to give debuts to young players too soon, but uh, I, I think Leonard-Brown they've been looking at for a long, long time. This is going to be one of the players to watch this weekend. And I feel as though Sita Tamani Valu didn't impress enough. Obviously, he hasn't got the call-up, but he he had a really indifferent, if not not great, Wales Test Series. He made errors. He missed tackles. Yeah. He looked a little bit lost out there when, when push came to shove. And having to put Fekatola uh, at 12 and Sita at 13 wasn't really going to work for him. But Leonard Brown, if he's a 12, he's a 12. And yeah, if he's running off people's shoulders for at top speed, my goodness. Because when I remember you telling me those stats, and I'd forgotten exactly yeah. uh, the numbers, but when um, I read that he was called into camp, I thought to myself, oh no, they're going to pick him because he's actually a unit and he's fast. And I remember the numbers you ran now, and I was nodding when I read the team this morning. I was going, yep, no, that's good. That's great. That's right. All right, well, we'll uh, see what unfolds in Wellington. Meanwhile, across in Salta, Argentina, the Pumas will be ruining with the one that got away against South Africa on opening weekend. Uh, courtesy, I'd have to say, of two of the guys we've talked about all season, Miles, Fuff de Klerk, the South African scrum half, and Warren Whiteley, the captain of the Lions. Uh, I thought those two players in particular were outstanding. And once again, it is that Lions late brigade that is getting Springbok rugby out of trouble. We saw it through June when they won the series against Ireland. We saw it this weekend, 10 minutes to go, uh, and suddenly the Springboks clicked into their pattern, and it was a pattern on the back of Warren Whiteley, on the back of the speed uh, of Fuff de Klerk, who put in some sensationally good plays. I'm going to start with this. Uh, If the South Africans don't want to lose in this competition, they simply have to trust the Lions' game plan, and Alistair Kutsia has to do more to implement that style of game for the Springbok side that is desperate, and I say desperate, to play open attacking rugby. Yeah, and I think Kutzer is actually going to have to be the uh, the master and commander of a style rather than implementing his own style mm. on a team and his own imprint because it just means that he's got those players there and they're not going to play Storm's rugby. They're going to play maybe a hybrid and then probably all out. They're going to be uh, width and precision, much like the All Blacks are with bodies just as big. I just don't think they've got the body type at the moment to be able to hang with the All Blacks, but they have to put away the Argentinians. Just saying that the Argentina will be ruined the one that got away, that seems like every season you say that yeah. uh, in the rugby championship since they've been included in it. Well, I mean, they've got an issue because they do so much in a game, and you know, you go through their numbers. They, they were the better team on the park. There's no doubt about that. Just on that note, how about the Twitter hot takes of Springbok fans? Have you ever seen anything like your Twitter thread when there's a Springbok test going on? That team was getting <laughs> written off after 40 minutes, and I was laughing so hard when they came back to win it, and all of a sudden no one could compliment the team on a victory. I mean... We know that the, the Jaguars, the Jaguares have had their issues during Super Rugby, but there's something about Augustine Creevy playing in his 50th test who gets that team up when they're in Argentine colours. It was another example of just how far they've come as a national team, even if they're not quite ready for the rigours of week-in, week-out round-robin rugby. Do we underestimate this Argentine side at our peril? Yeah, I think you do. I think you do, because they will lull you into a false sense of security. Uh, and I think Australia and um, South Africa have to be wary of that, especially Australia. They've already lost to them in the rugby championship. I feel as though uh, the All Blacks are probably just a class above at the moment uh, as a one-eyed New Zealand supporter. I can say that. But, yeah, you're right. Those uh, those Argentinians, 
they pull on the Los Pumas jersey and it's, it's all over Red Rover uh, when they um, when they get up confident and fired up. Well, the interesting thing about their numbers is, is their passing game was down against South Africa, but their offload game is second best only to the All Blacks. They beat more defenders than anyone but the All Blacks. They're making more clean breaks than anyone but the All Blacks. They're making more metres than anyone but the All Blacks. There are so many attacking offensive stats in the game where the Pumas are actually, uh, you'd have to rate them as the second best team. What do they need to click into game-winning scenarios? You're going up 23 points on South Africa, the game's in your sights, and then you blow it in the last five minutes. And we see this so often. Is it a fitness issue? Is it a mental issue? Or is it a selection issue? I, I was stunned that they picked Landaho over Kubeli. Thomas Kubeli has been one of the form halfbacks of Super Rugby for the Brumbies, and he's on the bench. Yeah. He's my McCalman of that Argentinian side. I, I th- yeah, I think that could be a politics thing more than anything. Uh, that's a hot take on Argentinian rugby without it actually reading into too much. But Cabelli, he was being, yeah, he's most consistent behind a very good pack. So mm. he knows how to steer around uh, a methodical set piece uh, eight that, that has done the job like the Brumbies did. I was just looking as well in the Guardian. Warren Gatlin's going to be concerned on the 7th of September as the, as the Lions coach, and he's going to take an immediate sabbatical for 10 months. Uh, that, that's going to be really interesting to see what kind of team he prepares. Uh, what kind of squad size he gets given as well because the attrition rate of that Lions tour in New Zealand that he experienced firsthand for Wales, let alone before they even took off from Cardiff. That's an interesting segue into the Lions tour. <laughs> I was not expecting that on the pod today, but no, I, oh, I, I, like where you, I like where you're going. No, it's funny though. You bring up the Warren Gatlin. We will move back to Argentina, South Africa and wrap that up, but you move on to Warren Gatlin. Why, why not just confirm it now? Why are we waiting till September yeah. the 7th? I mean, the guy won the series with the Lions the last time up. There's no way they can drop him after that, surely. I mean, they put McGeekin in there for about 20 years and he couldn't win a thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, look, Gatlin, Gatlin he, he, had to, he had to suck it up a little bit for Wales in, this, uh, in that series in June. And I felt like, you know, if guys have been playing even 12, 13 months, you know, including pre-season, getting ready, and it just... It was almost like they'll beat him before they got here, but they gave they gave it all in the first two test matches, and Dunedin was just like you've dragged us all the way to Dunedin to play under a roof on a on a on a dry track against a team that's been clucking for four weeks. That's not fair. Mm. So I want to see what he's going to have, and if he's given ten months to prepare, that's going to be an absolutely cracking cracking uh, situation coming up for us next year. Can I can I can I table something else? Can you can, ta- you can else? table whatever you like. It's uh, the Rugby Pass podcast. Well, we, what we what we talked about last week about the global rugby uh, season with talk stalling and things like that. Uh, the clubs are actually getting annoyed that they're not having a say in the negotiation, and, it, and it's it's also the Six Nations. The teams have split whether or not they want it as well. So this just gives more credence to the possibility that the, the All Blacks are going to pick and choose for 2019 and beyond when it when it comes up again, which, you know, if you're Steve Chu and you've got that brand name behind you, albeit they lost to Japan, of course, in the sevens competition, according to many, that's going to ruin them financially. Mm. That's actually really, 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 really interesting because if they can't get them to get themselves together in the Northern Hemisphere, the All Blacks could play England six times. They could, they could play them six times and get shared revenue from it. I would hate that. Yeah, we all would. We all would hate it. You're right. 
you're right. But we, we've spoken about it before on the podcast. I mean, the, the problem here is that the RFU are losing the narrative against the premiership clubs that are all privately owned. The French rugby is a shambles. We all know who runs French rugby, and it's not the French Federation. It is the clubs, and and three of them mainly, including Toulon and uh, Stade Francais. Uh, so, uh, you know, unless international rugby retains some autonomy over its players and over its contracting, uh, we are going to go down a very slippery slope. And I think that's why Steve Chu's fighting back. The reason this is matters more to the All Blacks than any other team is that they can't afford to pay the salaries that the clubs are paying these players in, in England and France. And they know that. And, that, and that's why this becomes uh, an absolute must-win case for Steve Chu. We thought he had the backing of Bill Beaumont, which is why they gave Beaumont their vote on World Rugby. Whether or not Beaumont's got any power or World Rugby, that matter, has any power to do anything about, that remains to be seen. But one thing is for sure, uh, the Northern Hemisphere is not going to bow and scrape before Steve Chu and the All Blacks. So you can you can take my word for that. Miles, we've got to finish yeah. up. Argentina in Salta against South Africa. Are they capable of winning again against the box in Argentina? I say yes. Yeah, I agree. Go Argentina. I think they're going to win. That's great analysis from you, my friend, and always great to catch up with you on the Rugby Pass podcast. That'll do for this week as we look forward to round two of the Rugby Championship. It'll be the All Blacks hosting the Wallabies in Wellington, looking for a 19th straight home win against the Australians and the Australians staring down the barrel of a fifth straight defeat. Argentina will take on the Springboks after the box came back in the final five and won the opening clash in South Africa. Don't forget both those games live on Rugby Pass, rugbypass.com for all your rugby needs. And don't forget also the NRC, the Curry Cup and the Mitre 10 Cup out of New Zealand as well as the European Season 2. All the rugby you need on rugbypass.com. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.